Three, two, one. Florida State stays undefeated on the season, now climbing to 7 and, and 0 during the 2023 year for Mike Norvell, Jordan Travis, and the Florida State Seminoles. A big win over, Do- over Duke and Doe Campbell Stadium, a loud one, a very rowdy Doe Campbell Stadium, 38 to 20. Florida State, perfect on the season, VZ. Uh, A a fun game to watch uh, being here in Tampa and St. Pete this weekend. Doe Campbell Stadium absolutely rocking. We were talking about in the production meeting, felt like it sort of affected Duke's offense and what they wanted to do without having Riley Leonard while he got injured uh, with that same ankle there, VZ. But Florida State does what they need to do. They dominated there. 21 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, How about that? The Seminoles are rolling. Yeah, it was started off super, super ugly. A lot of questionable decisions. A lot of Florida State just shooting itself in the foot. Second half, third quarter, nothing really happens. Both teams say scores in that fourth quarter. Florida State finally decided they'd had enough. Jordan Travis was using his legs, opened up the rest of the offense. We saw one of the craziest catches and completions I've seen since the Ermin Lane play against Louisville with Travis and Keon Coleman on that third down to extend that drive. That, that fourth quarter went about as perfectly as you could hope for, for Florida State. Ton they got to clean up in that in that first quarter, um, but this is a Duke's a good team. That's a really really good yep. defense, and you scored technically thirty one points on them because you got the kickoff return. But scoring that many points in their defense is incredibly hard to do. It is not easy, and we saw it in the trenches too. We were talking about it on this podcast previewing it. Duke has a very very well coached, high disciplined team Mike Elko does a really good job and specifically on defense one of the best coaches in college football on the defensive side and I'll tell you what Florida State was finding a lot of advantages getting to their playmakers specifically with some guys like Jaheim Bell you saw with Johnny Wilson at the very beginning of the game he obviously left the game with an injury seemed like it might have been a knee tweak but ESPN was saying that it might have been a head injury, but something that we're going to continue to monitor. Obviously, he did miss last game because uh, of a concussion. So we're going to continue to monitor that. But Florida State and Mike Norvell were able to find some find a rhythm there throughout the game offensively. But still, you know, Duke bringing some pressure here and there. Jordan Travis, I think, too, using his legs, VZ. I saw you were tweeting about it, but using his legs, this offense just expands even more whenever he's feeling comfortable enough to take those take those reads on his own and get those first downs. But I think the biggest game changer who we just saw earlier, Deuce Span getting to break the rock. So happy for that kid. One that uh, has been, you know, had, you know, transferred over, you know, was going to take about a year or two to develop, was originally a quarterback before he transferred. Now at the wide receiver position, he brings back a 99-yard touchdown. That just seemed to change the whole momentum of the game for Florida State in their favor. Yep, because it was right after the pick six. It was it was one of those where Florida State just, like I said, just kept shooting themselves in the foot. He had that first mm-hmm. turnover on downs, which I'd, I'd perf- I'm perfectly okay with that decision to go for it on fourth and inches from the 36. It's kind of in that no man's land where it's too far to kick and it's way too short to punt. Travis just kind of missed the lane. If he kept going left, it was wide open. Instead, he kind of just follows the left tackle and runs right into him and falls down. The second fourth down was not a good decision, in my opinion. I even said, I'm like, this is crazy. It even was scary. It, it was yeah. scary. And Duke gets the ball. Then Florida State responds, gets their own long touchdown. Next offensive series, a pick six. And you're like, we just cannot, Florida State just cannot get out of their own way. And it kind of felt like that's how the game was going to go. Finally kind of started to settle, settle in in that second quarter. I thought they responded pretty well in that second quarter. Um, and then, yeah, the four, that, that, that kickoff return touchdown was just such a huge play for the team. 
it really just brought a really good swing. And, you know, Mike Norvell, Florida State, they took advantage of a lot of things. I was talking about earlier, but Jaheim Bell, I thought, had a big time game. The tight end room from the from the first they, bit of the game, man, they, they were, were just they eating were up. They were the receiving core. <laughs> they were game planning it because they saw what um, – I forget what Notre Dame's tight end's name is, but they saw what Notre Dame was doing with their tight ends. And Florida State's like, well, we got three really good ones with Morlock, Jaheim Bell, and Marquise and Douglas. We feel like we can have the same success. If we follow that, and then you look at a Jaheim Bell, eight catches for 53 yards. Marquise and Douglas had two catches for 18 yards, and then Morlock had a catch for 22 yards, and then another called back because he stepped out of bounds. But they definitely saw something on tape, and it was really their only consistent offense early on and until Jordan Travis was able to start running. Mm-hmm. Johnny Wilson in the receiving yards, he led the team with 58, but uh, Jaheim Bell not far off from him at all. And then also to uh, Keon Coleman, man, he almost had a chance at another highlight one-handed grab there. And, you know, Jordan Travis was really ticked off that he wasn't able to connect there on that uh, deeper ball uh, to a star wide receiver. But Jaheim Bell all over the place. Uh, he had a total of eight receptions for 53 yards but made some big time conversions for the Seminoles and was running really physical and that's something that I thought too Florida State kind of took a little while to match that physicality with Duke but when they did you really saw the pass rush and that interior defensive line like Braden Fisk he he's, he continues to cause havoc week by week and that allowed for other guys like uh, Fabian Lovett to get back there you saw also Joshua Farmer too um, it's just crazy to think too. Daryl Jackson's just sitting on that sideline, fully healthy, which he's going to be a go in the postseason for Florida State to add into that rotation. But it just that 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 Odell Hagen's defensive line is really a nightmare for these offensive lines. And definitely, when you're coming into a Duke Campbell Stadium with this hostile environment, it's not easy to play. And you know, Riley Leonard, he ends up getting hit, he hurts his ankle, and and then you know Duke. Duke has to bring in Bellin, you know, their, their backup quarterback, but he's never been through a situation like this going and into Doe Campbell scared. Stadium. <laughs> yeah, no, like anybody should be. <laughs> yeah, he was he was one for six for seven yards, and even that feels like it was good considering what he was putting out there. He was scared, and uh, you mm-hmm. could tell Doke was rocking by the time he got in the game. Everyone could tell that once Riley went out, the momentum was just completely on Florida State's side. Yeah, yeah, and two, I'm looking at – Back at some of the offense as well, looking at the running back room, we saw a heavy, heavy, heavy rotation of these running backs. And we mm-hmm. saw Kazai Holmes early on in the game, obviously getting his uh, his touchdown. But we saw we saw Rodney Hill. We saw Kazai Holmes, of course, Trey Benson, Lawrence Tofilly, who shout out to Lawrence Tofilly. I think we kind of forget Lawrence Tofilly and some of the plays that he makes in games. But man, Lawrence Tofilly also had a really good game. He was reading his holes right. He was staying patient. And uh, I thought Lawrence Tofilly also in that backfield had a had a really nice game. But overall, that running back room might not show too crazy uh, of some numbers here. I mean, you still get 152 on the ground, but it was dispersed along a handful of guys. They only had 38 rushing yards in the first half, if my memory serves me correctly. So to finish with 152, you can credit a lot of that to Jordan Travis with his 62 on just 10 carries. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. Duke was so dialed in on Florida State handing off on second downs. It felt like every time Florida State had a second down, they were handing it off, and Duke was stopping it for either gain of one or just no gain at all. Finally, Travis was like, all right, I need to start keeping some of these. Norvell's like, all right, we need to start calling some runs for Travis. And it just made everything so much easier the rest of that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we saw too Jay Trav in the latter half, him taking it on his own, something that you know you just had to kind of let him feel it out a little bit throughout the game. That's how it's been throughout the whole season. He's not 
his typical form of a runner when we first saw him and his career at Florida State. And he's definitely keeping his eyes downfield to try to extend plays uh, and get those first downs. But utilizing his legs really just revamped kind of that offense there in the latter half of the game. And it was huge for them. They had a total yards of 420, like I said, 152 on the ground, 268 on the air. Uh, for J. Trav, but Florida State doing a pretty good job on third down for the most part. Duke, 4 of 12, Florida State's defense taking advantage of, of what Duke was trying to do. I thought Florida State, uh, for the most part, secondary-wise, was doing a good job. I thought Renardo Green had had some plays there. And also, Shaheen Brown's interception, man, that dude is so lanky. We talked about him a ton this offseason, VZ, on this podcast. Shaheen Brown, he's just got great vision. He understands his assignments, and man, that was a massive takeaway as well. I mean, Shaheem's, Shaheem's here. It took him a little while to start the season and figure out what his role is. He is playing so well. He had a couple of blitzes in the first half where even if he wasn't causing the pressure, he was opening up someone else to get pressure. That interception was just a great play. You don't really expect safeties to make that kind of play on a, on a man situation. He's breaking on an out route. Just a phenomenal game again from Shaheem Brown. I'm glad he's playing at a high level because the safeties really haven't played that well this year. Glad Shaheem's stepping up. We got to talk about Pat Payton. How have we gone 10 minutes without talking about Pat Payton? He was, it seemed like he was everywhere in that backfield. It looked like he had three hurries tonight. Just a, just a great game overall from a lot of players on the defense, even if they were allowing some rushing yards early, but they got the job done and that's what matters. Yeah, Pat Payne, I'll be honest with you. He's really fine in his groove the last couple of games. He's been a menace there on the defensive line, not just with some pressures. He's getting better on that front, too. But I just like his physicality. I like the energy that he brings. He doesn't stop on plays. You saw that even though, you know, Duke had that big 42-yard touchdown run. You know, Pat Payne were, was on the line. He he was running all the way down at the end to try to make that tackle. But, too, on, I think the biggest thing with Pat Payne, he's got the smarts of knowing whenever the quarterback's passing, he's really good with the defense flexions yep um, he's just so and, long like he just yeah. gets in, he just gets his hands up and his arms are so long it, it's almost always going to pat the ball down it's it's such a unique weapon to have coming off the edge yep yep and so when you add that you see jared verse on the other side which he was back there you know some early no calls there on some <laughs> holding that's a usual thing what florida state fans are used to in a lot of these games but for nonetheless though i think that interior really uh, allowed a lot of opportunities for those that outside rush and florida state's uh their, their star inside right now is with Braden fisk uh, and joshua farmer fabian lovett taking what he can get and you know you could still tell that he's got his talent ability but it just goes to show what Braden fisk and joshua farmer can do on the inside there it can be a game changer that's something that helped a lot for florida state's defense uh, throughout the entire night for sure and i'd love to see fabian play more honestly he was so good for mm -hmm. florida state last season him getting hurt in the middle of the season big reason they had the three game losing streak i like to see him play, see him play a little bit more I, I know farmers play no no i know farmers playing well i know fisk was a dog today but fabian's too good he, he's got to get some more action out there especially when when Dukes run the ball like they were in that first half. Fabian's, in my opinion, the best run stopper on in that defensive room. So got to play him a little bit yeah. more, but he made plays when he needed to. You know, there was, there was no selfishness, too, on this team. VZ going back to Keziah Holmes' touchdown. You saw Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, Florida State stars on offense, stars on the team overall, making those blocks there. 
that was that was unreal. And you get a one-on-one chance there for Keziah Holmes. He's gonna he's gonna win those battles. But uh, just overall, I think a lot of these guys, Marquise and Douglas, with some blocking as well. Jaheim Bell too, also with a big block. You know, that's something Florida State Magravel since arriving in Tallahassee has pressed a ton from his true freshman, and that's the only way that you're gonna get onto the field if you're gonna pick up your assignments and pick up your blocks. And uh, you know, that, that changed the game for Florida State putting some points up on the board. Not a lot of selfishness on the squad, which is only gonna extend you further into the season and staying undefeated like they are. For sure. And Travis had two passing touchdowns and neither of them were the receivers. They're the running backs. It was Toe Philly and it was Keziah Holmes. You know, we, we all thought that Keon Coleman and Johnny Wills would be the difference makers in this game. And in some instances they were, but being able to use those running backs out of the backfield and having that on self initiative in front of them with the receivers blocking is what led Florida State to get a big time victory here today. Jordan Travis, 27 of 36, 268 yards on the air, two touchdowns, and obviously that pick six there. But a lot of just momentum swings for Florida State. But, you know, I I think in the favor for the Seminoles, being at home in Doe Campbell Stadium, it just, just, you just, that place is just really hard to play in, man. For for any mm-hmm. team, veteran guys coming in, it's shown to really make an impact. And I know listening to Mike Norvell in the locker room, they're giving a speech to his players just saying, you know, whenever you're on national television, when you have a crowd like this, you just got to take advantage of those opportunities. And, and the Seminoles do that. You know, they're 7-0. and now on the season, their best start since 2014 when Florida State last went to the college football playoff and faced Oregon in their first battle there. But, uh, you know, the Seminoles, some some things here and there were some some missed opportunities slash some undisciplined uh, penalties. But I, I want to say going off from last week, facing, you know, poor talent. It's not a great team with Syracuse then going and hitting a whole 180, going into facing number 16 Duke, a really well-coached team. You saw it right off the bat with Mike Elko. They go up and make that 10-0 run. This is a really, really good Duke football team and someone that we talked about this whole entire offseason of being a potential kind of not maybe a trap game, but one that would give them a tough battle. And, uh, you know, just the Seminoles coming on on top here, 38-20, to 20, keeping their streak of 30 points or more uh continues to stay alive i pray mike elko gets hired by someone someone way out on the west coast like ucla or usc i'm not to see fsu playing him every year he's a damn good coach it's a damn good yeah. football team that he's coaching and you know for riley leonard's 100 in this game there's a very good chance duke finds a way to win this football game once he got hurt again you could tell the momentum it switched even if leonard wasn't that much of a throwing threat, you can see there, just 7 of 16 for 69 yards and a pick. He wasn't having a great game throwing the football, but he was just enough of a threat and a presence that Florida State was really having to think. For most of that first half, Duke was going against six-man fronts and just running the football on it because I felt like Adam Fuller was respecting Leonard almost too much. Um, that, that's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Mike Elko, he's going to do good in recruiting now, getting a lot of respect there. And I'll tell you what, too, uh, Castellanos, too, from uh, Boston, oh, College. Boston College. Oh, my God. Did you see that throw? Yeah, yeah. The kid, the kid's special. You just see the signs there and just give him another year of coaching, man. You know, Boston College gave Florida State some fits earlier in the year. But uh, that's a that's a team led by a really – good young quarterback that's that's striving so there's a bright future for a lot of these ACC teams which I think is great more competition the better leads to really fun games like this where Duke and football not expected to really have these type of games and uh, Florida State keeps their undefeated streak too against the Blue Devils never losing 
to Duke as well. So uh, that's a big one. Deuce Span, like I talked about earlier, broke the rock in the locker room. Mike Norvell, really passionate. Didn't get to watch his press conference yet, but we'll go back and listen to that. We'll talk about it on next week's show. But, man, you know, no, no points scored in that third quarter, but 21 and the fourth just puts uh, puts Duke away. And Riley Leonard was trying to come back, man. You know, you, you feel bad for the kid. Jordan Travis talking to him after the game, um, giving him a lot of props uh, and wishing him the best of luck. But uh, just uh, once that once you knew that kind of knee that uh, that ankle was going to get dinged up there, it was just going to be hard for him to get back out there onto the field. Definitely with what Florida State was bringing pressure wise on that interior, they're starting to wreak some havoc. And he, there was one play early in the first half where it might have been their first first or second drive where he was flushed out of the pocket to his right. And just you could tell how by how he kicked his yeah. leg out that that angle is nowhere near close to 100 percent. I give him all the credit in the world for even trying to go out there. And I feel for him that he got hurt later in the game. I, I hope he's healthy the rest of the way, because there's a very good chance we see Duke again in Charlotte in, you know, about six, seven weeks. UNC lost to Virginia today and won the weirdest upsets I've ever seen. Clemson yep. just lost at Miami, so they're completely out of it. The ACC is yep. wide open. <laughs> it is a wild it, – it's a wild kind of college football season. We just saw USC lose to Utah at home uh, off of a game-winning field goal. Uh, just, a, just a wide open kind of college football season, but it's kind of starting to trim down near the end here to where you're going to see a lot of teams from different conferences. There's going to be two undefeated ones. Like now, uh, you know, Florida state are already can't afford a loss, but I love how I watch it on the broadcast. ESPN puts up a projection percentage of where Florida state would have the lowest chance of getting into the college football playoff. But I don't give a damn about the numbers If Florida state stays undefeated. They get to the ACC championship with a win up there in Charlotte. Then they're making the college football playoff or probably Tallahassee will most likely probably erupt i mean i don't know sure. I mean, it would be a riot i don't know i mean i i don't trust the florida state fan base to be uh too sweet of if that were to happen but nonetheless florida state can't afford a loss they take care of business 38 to 20 against a number 16 duke team that is extremely physical they brought it a good def- defense and i think mike Norvell called a good game the big worrisome there was that fourth down call on your own was that, it 36 yeah, yeah that second fourth down call on your own 36 was yeah egregious the first, the other, the first one on the other thirty-six, completely fine with that. You just got to make the play. That second one was not it. Uh, that mm-hmm. that needs to be a punt. See if Duke can actually drive the length of the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, looking at some some penalties here on Florida State's side, uh, had a few things that they definitely need to clean up. Eight eight penalties for fifty yards. Duke seven for fifty-three. They should have had um, nine for seventy-three, but yeah. There's multiple miss. I think also two on Tatum Bethune. That wasn't called on a hold. And usually there's always one or two for Braden Fisk or Jerry. Yeah, that, that long touchdown run there is absolutely a hold. And then you, you you nailed it. There was one on Tatum Bethune where he's trying to reach out and someone's got him by the pads. And it's just like, what are we doing, Jeff Flanagan? Yeah, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, now Florida State, you know, they're going to go on the road here. For the next uh, two weeks before Miami comes to town, like you just said, Miami taking down Clemson. But Florida State this next weekend will go up to Wake Forest. And then that time, that kickoff time is due to be determined at the moment. And then Florida State will travel the next weekend to Pittsburgh. And like I said, the Hurricanes will be coming 
into town for most likely a primetime matchup. ABC, ESPN loves to put that up there to get their ratings up. But uh, Florida State taking care of uh, a team that uh, gave them some fits uh, throughout that that first half, getting into the third quarter a little bit where you know no points were scored, but putting them away in the fourth, it just goes to show how many weapons Florida State can use in their arsenal on offense. It's absolutely ridiculous, and it, you know it's a major shout-out to what Mike Norvell has been able to do successfully in that transfer, transfer portal. And I, 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 you know, we'll talk about this offseason too, but you know, I think it's just super, super impressive of how, how well Mike Norvell evaluates players, bringing in the locker room, getting them adjusted, getting them adjusted to a whole new system like a Jaheim Bell or like a Johnny Wilson last year, Keon Coleman from Michigan State, how well they're able to just mesh immediately inside of offense and get down their assignments. It's it's not easy to do, man, and not a lot of coaches can do it. <clears throat> Dabo Sweeney. So uh, a lot of credit to, to Mike Norvell, even though he had that crazy fourth, fourth, uh, fourth and two call on his own 36. You know, he, he really does trust his playmakers, and a lot of those are from the transfer portal. For sure, and he's probably going to have to dive back into it again, probably get a get a linebacker, maybe get a pass rusher. He's, he's got to dip back into it. But it, it's amazing what this offense has become. And we've talked pretty much all season about can Florida State actually sustain drives. They had two touchdown drives longer than six minutes in this game, one for 85 yards, one for 96 yards. They are finally able to do the little things, find the underneath stuff. You know, like we were talking about earlier with the tight ends, just Jordan Travis was using everybody. He was using his legs. It was just such great offense, especially in that fourth quarter. Just, just to put the game away. It was, it was what we've been wanting to see from this team. I was, I was still mad at the third, the third and four jump shot in the red zone from like the seven yard line. I didn't understand that one, but other than that, I, I wasn't too mad about anything going on out there. No, definitely not. Definitely when you win 38 to 20 against the number 16 ranked team in the country. Uh, absolutely not. Well, coach team, uh, Mike Alco knows what he's doing up there in Duke. And, uh, you know, either he's going to have a longer tenure at Duke or he's going to get picked up elsewhere. Please, but please get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything else from you, uh, VZ? We'll be back here next Wednesday to give our last thoughts on this, look back at some film on some things that we might have missed, and then we'll be previewing Florida State versus Wake Forest. Which I'll be in attendance for. Yep. They're, they're coming up to my house next week, about 45 minutes from Winston-Salem, be in attendance for that and looking forward to it. But Florida State's first in the ACC outright. They've only got three conference games left, like you just said, with Wake Pitt and Miami. They're in the driver's seat to control their own destiny. Yeah, nope, they are for sure. And, you know, we'll see what ends up happening uh, for Florida State as uh, they'll go into this. I'm trying to see if there's anything else, too, that I'm missing injury-wise outside of Johnny Wilson. I think Florida State leaves this game pretty unscathed until the end there. I saw DJ Lundy was down, but he walked off on his own power. Well, Dustin Hill didn't play, which we we haven't found anything out about that. Darius Washington came in at left tackle for Bless Harris at one point. And Demetri Emanuel came in for Casey Roddick at one point. Yeah. Other than that, I can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Florida State leaves pretty healthy, which is an extra dub at the end of this. But yeah, Florida State takes down number 16 Duke on primetime ABC in a rocking, rowdy Doe Campbell Stadium. 38-20, to 20. Florida State holds on to the number one spot 
in the ACC. A fun college football week and appreciate everybody coming on here to hang out with us this evening late going into Sunday morning. But everybody, enjoy the rest of y'all's weekend. We'll be back here live on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Appreciate everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Peace.